Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. The name of Amir bin Sharahbil, rahmahullahu ta'ala. Otherwise commonly known as Al-Imam Al-Sha'bi. He is a jurist, a scholar of hadith, a scholar of language, and also a phenomenal master of tafsir. He reached a place in knowledge that he was referred to as one of the greatest scholars alive. Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri once said, Al-Ulama'u Arba'atun. There are four scholars that are unmatched in our day and age. Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab fil Madina. In Madina, it's Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab. Wa'amir al-Sha'abiyu fil Kufa. And if you go to Kufa, another great hub of Islam, there it's Amir bin Sharahbil, Imam al-Sha'bi. Wafil Basra al-Hasan al-Basri. And if you went over to Basra, the great giant there was Hassan al-Basri. And if you went to Sham, to the Syria region, you would find there Imam Makhul. With all of this knowledge that he had and this great pillar that he was, he was known for being extremely humble. He was someone that if someone referred to him as an alim, as a scholar, he would become shy. He would lower himself. And this is the sign of the ulama that they don't like to be boastful or arrogant. Unfortunately, some people, they take this humility and humbleness of the imams and translate that into these imams being incompetent. Just because someone isn't boastful of their position doesn't mean they shouldn't be recognized for who they are. If someone is a hafid of the Quran and humbly as a policy refers to themselves just by their name because it's not good to boast yourself. It doesn't mean everyone else in the community should skip that person's title and be disrespectful to them. It is our job as a community to show dignity and honor to the people of knowledge. Hafiz Fulan, Sheikh Fulan, Imam Fulan. 
This is our respect to them. We are in need of showing that love and respect to them and appreciating their credentials and the years of their life they put into the service of the deen. But their side of the equation should be to be humble, to not overpraise. Rasulullah warns us of overpraise, yet at the same time, when it comes to giving people their due respect to that, Rasul taught us, Treat, treat people according to their stature. The companions were forbidden from referring to the Prophet of Allah by his name. You didn't just go to your Imam and say, Rashid, what's up? That's not right. If he is the Imam, you say, Imam Rashid. Sometimes I see in the communities as if there's an arrogance that prevents people from saying that, that the proper title attributed to that person that they have rightfully earned. They'll go to their doctor and call them Dr. Khan. They'll go over to the lawyer and refer to him with his proper credentials. But when it comes to the Imam, it becomes Brother Rashid. Brother Rashid is a very nice name, nice way of referring to a Muslim brother. But how about in addition to that, you just add Brother Imam Rashid. That would be a little bit more nice. Shows a little bit more love. Maybe a little difficult on your ego, but creates an atmosphere that people know that these are individuals of honor. When Umar was appointed as Khalifa, he refused any title. He refused the title. Someone asked him, what are we going to call you? We used to call Abu Bakr Siddiq Khalifa to Rasulullah. Will you be Khalifa to Khalifa to Rasulullah? The successor of the successor of the Messenger of Allah? He said, no, I don't like that. And in one riwayah, Abdurrahman bin Awf came and said to him, we will call you Amirul Mu'mineen. He is the second person most likely in history. I say most likely because... There is a point where a particular Sahabi during the time of the Prophet of Allah was referred to as Amir al-Mu'mineen when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pointed him as the general of a battalion. So he was referred to as Amir al-Mu'mineen and the historians say Umar radiallahu anhu was a second person. Refer and when he heard this, he didn't like it. Umar radiallahu anhu was also a very firm and strict person. He said, I don't like this name. You're not going to call me this. And the Sahaba, they said, had you appointed it for yourself, we would have not given it to you. But this is a name that we have chosen for you. We will refer to the leader of the believers as Amirul Mu'mineen. So my humble plea to everyone in our communities and wherever this voice reaches, when you show honor to your imams, it's only a level of love. It's a sign of respect. I said earlier, the companions were forbidden from referring to the Prophet's name. By his name, you could ask, where from? Well, they cite the ayah of the Quran. Where Allah says, That when you refer to the Prophet of Allah, so therefore you will find the companions calling on to him as Ya Rasulullah, Ya Nabi Allah. So with this discussion out of the way, I don't want anyone deducing from here that it is a bid'ah or wrong to refer to people of distinction with their distinctive titles. That's not the takeaway. But on the other hand, there is a story. And that story is of scholars of the past being humble and not liking these titles. Because they understood that each of these titles came with a great responsibility. We live in a very peculiar time that unless you don't sell yourself, you become nothing. That's a corporate model that you have to constantly push your CV forward, push your resume forward. In Islam, this isn't something that is praiseworthy. In reality, it's the exact opposite. The ulama like to hide themselves and remain in the shadows. And uh, those who are able to see them benefit from them, while the others 
they unfortunately missed the mark. Nonetheless, Imam al-Sha'bi didn't like being even referred to as a scholar. One time, someone said to him, Ajibni ayyuhal faqih al-alim. Respond to me, O great scholarly jurists. Do not, do not attribute to us, do not elevate us, do not exaggerate. Do not exaggerate in us with that which does not exist in us. A jurist is one who avoids the prohibitions of Allah, and a scholar is one who, who is fearful of Allah, and I don't line up in either of those. Again, being very humble. That I'm not one that fears Allah, I'm not worthy of being called an alim, for Allah says, and a faqih is someone who avoids disobedience to Allah, and I unfortunately have disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I do not want to be called by this title. One time someone came to him and stated a masala to him, an issue. فَأَجَابَ قَالَ فِيهَا عُمَرَ بْنِ الْخَطَّابِ كَذَا So Sha'bi, when he gave the answer, he said, Umar ibn al-Khattab said this regarding this issue. وَقَالَ فِيهَا عَلِيُّ بْنُ عَبِي طَالِبُ كَذَا And then he said, Ali رضي الله عنه said this. And he started quoting the companions. The questioner, فَقَالَ لَهُ السَّائِلْ وَأَنْتَ مَاذَا تَقُولُ يَا أَبَا عَمَرُ Okay, you said with Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali said, Oh, what's your opinion? فَابْتَسَمَ uh, Imam al-Sha'bi smiled at him. And then he said, وَمَا تَصْنَعُ بِقَوْلِ بَعْدَ أَنْ سَمِعْتَ مَقَالَةَ عُمَرُ وَعَلِي what good is my statement going to mean? What good are my words going to mean once you've heard the statements and words of Sayyidina Umar an and Ali an? Where was this generation that was so loyal to Islam and to the Sahaba and to the Prophet of Allah and where are we today? When you quote the statement of Umar an to someone, the first thing they say is that he is a human, we are, a hum we are human beings, they're fallible, my opinion is the same as his. Wow. You just like, you know that meme where there's a guy who like steps over five steps? You are literally that meme. You literally just became a meme. Like, what are you talking about? How did your intellect and your uh, experience and your mastery become the same as Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an and Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an? These were names that meant something to people. That if someone quoted them, the Qala Sahabi al Jalil Kada, that a great Sahabi said this, that was the end of the conversation. Today we spend a few moments with Imam al Shabi. And as great of a scholar he was, one of the four living legends of his time, according to Ibn Shihab al Zuhri. But even this man, look at his humility and humbleness. A lesson we should all learn to be restrictive and be careful when speaking in matters of the deen. If this is the state of scholars, then what about people who have sp spent no more than a few hours in their life studying the deen? Even that most likely on their own. We should be ashamed of speaking in matters of the deen and consider ourselves to be at great risk on these matters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, preserve us, guide us, inspire us, and may He allow us, the uh, allow us to follow the footsteps of these great giants. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Muhammad. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته